Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is breaking news. The final verdict in the murder trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. We are cutting into our sister station, KNX News, for that right now. For the jurors, and uh, the judges asked everybody to be seated, so Members of the jury, here we I go. I understand you have a verdict. Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1. Court File Number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, juror four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury, in the above-entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count three, second degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Jury four person 019. Members of the jury, I'm now going to ask you individually if these are your true and correct verdicts. Please respond yes or no. Juror number two, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number nine, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 19, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 27, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 44, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 52, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 55, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 79, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 85, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 89, is this your, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 91, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 92, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Are these your verdicts, so say you one, so say you all? Yes. 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 Members of the jury, I find that uh, the verdicts as read reflect the will of the jury and will be filed accordingly. I have to thank you on behalf of the people of the state of Minnesota for not only jury service, but heavy duty jury service. So, all rise for the jury. Okay, you just heard it. Derek Chauvin, guilty of all charges. Second degree, an unintentional murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter in the 2020 killing of George Floyd. I mean, I don't even know what to say right now, to be quite honest. I, um... I think my first initial reactions were watching it here live on CNN and also you heard it here on our sister station for KNX. But just seeing Derek Chauvin's face right now and um, the confusion, the confusion that it feels like he has. 
uh, he looks like he was not expecting to hear guilty on all three charges, which is mind-boggling to me. Um, but to be honest, I'm just relieved that justice has been served in some type of way. Um, I want to feel hopeful that this is a change in, in history. This is a change that we're seeing um, and that we're going to see. Um, but yeah, I feel, I, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't even know what I feel. I feel like you, when you feel like kind of a, a shell shock mm -hmm. of certain Because of you sorts. weren't expecting it. We went into today and this coverage thinking it was going to be like every other time. This has happened. And that's what America was preparing for again. It's just, yeah, I think we've been burned by the, a system for so for, for so long. And we've seen oftentimes that these systems are not held to justice. And so to watch this happen, I just know the family has to be feeling something of uh, some sort of release. I'm actually, I think um, George Floyd's brother right now is, is speaking to CNN. Um, and you just see everyone out in the streets just crying and just happy. And, and I can't help but think about this time last year. And the mm -hmm. heaviness of the feelings that I think across this country we were feeling. The pandemic, seeing George Floyd die in the way that he died, watching that video over and over and over again, it is just something that feels like maybe there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe we've we've come to, yeah, that light. There is maybe. hope. Maybe. I mean, right now is, this is, a, this is my initial reaction right now. And I... It's just, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I'm actually very, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. I, I want to say that. I'm very, uh -huh. very happy. I think we should all be very, very happy. Is this a day we could finally say, I'm Canadian, obviously, but we could be proud to be American? Now, that's a stretch. I'm not going to lie to you, but that's a stretch. Like, is, is, this, is this a turn? the system is still messed up. The, just because one good thing happens doesn't mean that there is not so many other black or brown folks getting caught up in the system who will not get the same justice that we're seeing here. There's something going on in Chicago right now where a 13-year-old uh, you know, Latinx boy just lost his life. We're still seeing it. There's been so many mass shootings this week. It's I, No, I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but I, I do think it gives us something, right? At the bare minimum, it gives us something. And the possibility of the beginning of healing. Maybe. I don't know. But I, I, I know that this is a very exciting moment and we should all be happy. Um, maybe now I can enjoy my 420. Maybe now it's time. <laughs> We're not doing that here in studio, no. we're saying, but um, no, it's good but news. This day could have been very different. Maybe I can now enjoy my 420. So we'll be continuing to bring coverage of the verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial. Again, Derek Chauvin has been found guilty of all charges in the murder of George Floyd. More coverage and discussion around all of this. We've got experts throughout the show joining us. Stick around. More after this. We, the jury, in the above-entitled matter as to count one, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, juror four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury, in the above-entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above-entitled matter as to count three, second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. That was the judge announcing the Derek Chauvin verdict guilty of all three charges for the murder of George Floyd and Chauvin's bail has been revoked. With us right now is Fox News contributor Richard Fowler. Richard, what a day. How, how do you what feel? A, what, do you, what do you think uh, about all of this? What a day indeed. It's good to be with both of you, both of you, Shara and Ryan. You know, it's one of these, uh, it, it's a bittersweet feeling um, because this is a watered-down a watered 
second version, uh, secondhand version of justice. While it is justice, and we're happy to see it, and we're happy to see Derek Chauvin um, being charged with all three counts in this case. Uh, I would much rather see George Floyd be alive today. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, this is a hard-fought, hard-earned um, version of justice, uh, and it's a good day um, to see that justice has been served in this case. Yeah, I think what was really interesting is everyone from online to me watching CNN uh, here in the studio, everyone was on pins and needles. This was something that I think everyone had the same collective energy. What were you feeling before we heard the verdict? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't even think I had the, my I think the bottom of my stomach was gone once the verdict was announced because everybody didn't know what to expect, which is why I said this was such a hard fought, watered down version of justice. Because we assumed the worst, right? We assumed that this jury was going to find Derek Chavin innocent. We, they, we thought that they were going to look past all of this evidence that made it so very clear that he murdered George Floyd. And they were going to say he didn't do anything wrong because he was a cop. And, you know, all of the different whataboutism that we see happen throughout this trial that happens in most of these police case trials. And, and I think, you know, we were looking back at history whether it been the Rodney, Case, the Rodney King shooting, the Trayvon Martin shooting, the Eric Garner choking, uh, and there's a laundry list, the Breonna Taylor case, and we were expecting it to end the same way. These officers to walk away, or this particular officer to walk away without being found guilty of killing a black person. But this time around, justice erred on the side of the victim. Uh, in the case of George Floyd, and it is a good day to be an American, but it's also a bittersweet day because these days are rare, and more likely than not, we're used to seeing it go the opposite way. We're used to seeing officers do this to black people without receiving any type of, uh, of scrutiny or any type of punishment for their actions. Yes, that's for sure. And we've been covering that even the past week as this trial has been happening. Is this a game changer then? Is this going to change how we look at these trials and, uh, you know, find uh, these officers in terms of the verdict? Uh, My hope is that it will begin to start a conversation in this country because it's not only about, like I said, this is a watered down version of justice. In the real version of justice, things like this shouldn't happen. You want to remember that Derek Chavin had 18 different complaints, 18 different complaints of excessive use of force. And it wasn't until his 19th complaint, which was a complaint in which he killed George Floyd, which I can now finally say where he murdered George Floyd. Was he released from his job as a Minnesota Minneapolis police officer? And so we've got to ask ourselves the question, what happened in the first complaint why he wasn't released? What happened in the second complaint while he wasn't released? And how many police officers are there out there that are walking around with multiple complaints of excessive police force that are still walking around in community and engaging in excessive police force and are still patrolling our streets? And that's why we need to change the laws. And that's why it's so important now more than ever that the United States Congress passed the George Floyd Policing Act. So there is actually a mechanism and a tool that police departments can monitor when cops are are char- when when cops are when when are these complaints going for excessive force? And there's a national registry so that you know that if you if you do excessive force charges in L.A. County and you decide to come to Washington D.C. and apply for a job, you will not be allowed to get that job because you're an officer that does not abide by the rules. Well, Richard, again, thank you for being with us for this breaking news today. We appreciate it. Thank you both. That was Fox News contributor Richard Fowler coming up. What can we expect in the city of Minneapolis right now and how are cities across the country reacting? We'll be back with the Washington Post senior editor Mark Fisher with more next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A jury has found Derek Chauvin guilty on all three charges in the murder of George Floyd. And back with us is Washington Post senior editor Mark Fisher as we continue our coverage right here on Channel Q. Thanks for jumping in today, Mark. Good to be with you, Cheryl. As, as someone who's been covering news for a very long time, what's the significance of a day like this as everything is currently happening in our political world as well? 
Well, it's obviously a very dramatic moment. Uh, it uh, is reminiscent of other trials that have captured the country's imagination, the O.J. Simpson trial, for example. Uh, but in that case, uh, that felt like more of a kind of celebrity sideshow. Uh, this obviously gets to the root of uh, one of the core issues in American history, that of race uh, and its impact on this country. And so it, it had enormous symbolic importance. Uh, and then, of course, there was the threat of violence uh, had this not gone uh, to a conviction. And that is something that, uh, you know, the whole country was kind of holding its breath about. Uh, so uh, there'll be a, a kind of sigh of relief across the country if, if we've indeed avoided that uh, outcome. Yeah, I'm actually really interested in seeing how the uh, administration is going to be kind of responding to the the big news, right? And because I do feel like Joe Biden has had a difficult time with one, you know, saying that protesting is is great, but then also, you know, saying, uh, well, we can't have any like looting or any craziness happening there. What do you think the importance of his next response, um, you know, about this is, especially when it comes into this turmoil that we're feeling with the justice system and in just people out protesting right now? Well, I think he's going to be uh, the kind of guy he's always been, which is someone who's trying to bring people together. And so he's trying to going to say, look, the system uh, worked in this case. Uh, and I think that's uh, the message that uh, his administration is going to want to put out there, just as others are. You know, I think it was Will Smith who said it the other day uh, that racism is not getting worse. It's getting filmed. And uh, so we're seeing the impact of, of technological change, as well as the reckoning around race that's happening in this country. And I think Biden will embrace that uh, and will will say that this is one more aspect of the healing that has to happen in this country that he was elected to achieve. He was elected to calm things down. And uh, to the extent that this verdict does that, uh, he'll see that as part of uh, the achievement of his administration. Well, we actually do have a statement that Joe Biden made before this verdict today. Let's play that. I, I can only imagine the pressure and anxiety they're feeling. Uh, and so uh, I waited till the jury was sequestered, and uh, and I called. And as uh, I wasn't going to say anything about it, but Polonius uh, said today on television, and he accurately said it was a private conversation because uh, uh, Joe understands what it's like to go through loss. And um, they're a good family, and they're called for. That was President Biden earlier today talking about a call he had with Floyd's family. Mark Fisher is with us, Washington Post senior editor. Do you think this will shift how we approach police reform and bills being proposed right now across the nation? No, I don't think so. I mean, this case, uh, as as the lawyers for both sides repeatedly said, is is a case in and of itself. It is it was a case about a uh, police officer who went obviously well beyond the bounds and is now paying the price for that. Uh, so, to the extent that it, it uh, shows that the the justice system works uh, in in at least this case, uh, that's something that's encouraging. Uh, but it doesn't really speak to the larger issues of policing in this country and of race in their cities. Uh, uh, it, it, it takes on a lot of symbolic importance, and people were emotionally wrapped up in it, obviously. Uh, but I think uh, the questions about what we want police to do and what kind of leeway we want to give them, those remain unsolved. And those are questions that uh, generations of people have debated in this country. And I, there's no reason to believe that that's going to be resolved anytime soon. Yeah, I do want to pivot just a little bit because there is a viral video going around of the Congressional uh, Black Caucus uh, watching Derek Chauvin being found guilty in, in death of George Floyd. And I just can't help but think of Maxine Waters. Can you break down what's happening right now with her and the censorship or the censor of her, right? There's so much happening there that I think is super important to talk about today. Right. So Maxine Waters, who had made uh, really uh, irresponsible statements the other day about uh, the possibility of, or even possibly encouraging uh, an extreme reaction had Chauvin not been convicted. Uh, the judge in the case uh, was was profoundly angry about uh, the, her, that 
statement that she made, which she found to be irresponsible and, and possibly grounds for uh, the defense to uh, seek a uh, mistrial in the case or a reversal of the outcome uh, when they appeal it. And so that is something that still hangs over this trial. Uh, but uh, what happened just about an hour ago is that the House of Representatives rejected the Republicans' attempt to censure Maxine Waters for her remarks about the trial. And uh, it, it was a very close vote, uh, 216 to 210, uh, pretty much a party line vote to kill kill the resolution. So uh, Maxine Waters is not a popular figure among her fellow Democrats in Congress. Uh, there, were, there was some speculation over the last few days that Democrats would turn against one of their own to send the message that uh, that kind of language, that kind of uh, kind of fiery rhetoric and over-the-top rhetoric is not something they want to be a part of. But instead, they went with uh, what we always see these days, which is a party-line vote. Okay, well, thank you again for being with us today. I look forward to having you back. Thanks a lot. That was Mark Fisher, Washington Post senior editor. Uh, now that Jarek Chauvin has been found guilty, could he be acquitted? That's a question on a lot of people's minds. We have a civil rights defense attorney joining us for that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. We are continuing our coverage of the Derek Chauvin trial. He's been found guilty of all three charges for the murder of George Floyd. And with us right now, giving us the legal angle is Paula Canny, civil rights and criminal defense attorney. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I guess what happens next now that we've gotten this verdict? What's the next step? Okay, so what happens next is uh, actually a lot of things that are really important just happened after the verdict was read. Because Derek Chauvin was convicted of all three of the charges after the verdict was read, the judge said to the prosecutor, does the state have a motion? And the prosecutor said, yes, we ask that the bail be revoked and the defendant be remanded. So Derek Chauvin was taken into custody because he's no longer cloaked in that presumption of innocence. He's been found guilty, convicted of the three charges. So his bail was revoked. He was handcuffed and taken out of the courtroom. He'll spend the next two months in the Hennepin County Jail awaiting sentencing. The judge set a sentencing schedule, a briefing schedule. He told the lawyers to submit Blakely factors. Those are like mitigation factors. And he ordered the probation department to prepare what's called a PSI, a pre-sentence investigation. That'll talk about Derek Chauvin's background uh, factors that are important in sentencing and the like. The pre-sentence investigation will be prepared, given to the judge and to the lawyers, and then the lawyers will write briefs, and then the sentencing will take place in roughly two months. So then he'll get sentenced, and then uh, the sentencing range, the maximum for the second is 40 40 years, the maximum for the third-degree murders, 25 years, and the maximum for the manslaughters, 10 years. But Minnesota has these sentencing guidelines that, that set forth how the judges to impose the sentence in that range. And the guidelines for somebody who doesn't have a prior criminal record is generally 12 and a half to 15 years. And he can't get like 15 plus 15 plus 10 or whatever because it's all basically the same conduct. He'll mo- he'll be sentenced on the most serious charge. Yeah, Paula, I the Minnesota Attorney General said, I would not call today's verdict justice, but it is accountability. How do you think we should be looking at this moment right now? Well, that's a, that's a good... Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, justice is such an amorphous term. What's just to some isn't isn't just to another but i think accountability is a good word and i think that accountability is a critical aspect of achieving justice so the things that are interesting legally about this are that uh this was an important case because it was 
holding a police officer accountable for an abuse of force against the citizen. Because in no other cases do jurors get instructions that there's a defense of the authorized use of force by a police officer. So here, the usually the prosecution is the one using police officers to say somebody else did a crime, whatever. Here it's the prosecution actually setting a limit on the amount of force used by a police officer. And in Minnesota, it's the reasonable police officer standard. And the jury, by convicting uh, Derek Chauvin, clearly found that they found that his use of force was excessive, that no reasonable police officer would use that amount of force and Mm -hmm. the duration of force that was used on Derek Chauvin. But again, it's extraordinary because most instances, if you or I did that to somebody, it's like we're guilty in a heartbeat because you're not supposed to do that to other people. But because it's a police officer, we authorize them to use force. So the other thing that's important about this, though, is that Derek Chauvin had prior instances of using excessive force and was never meaningfully disciplined or counseled. And so we have to hold all of ourselves accountable so that things like this don't get so out of hand. Maybe at the first use of force, if he would have been counseled. Paula, I just need to add, I I, I don't want to cut you off, but I want to ask you this before we wrap, because this is a question that's on everyone's mind. Could he be acquitted? No, he's convicted. You can't be acquitted. You can't be. Could he have been acquitted? Or was he acquitted? Acquittal is a term of art to to describe when somebody's been found not guilty. Because he's been found guilty, Mm -hmm. he's been convicted. The only thing that will happen next is he'll be be incarcerated till he's sentenced, and then he'll be sentenced to to prison. And then what will happen is the defense will file an appeal, and could he could the conviction be reversed on appeal perhaps probably not i actually thought it was a, a very fair trial the prosec- the the defense's best claim is going to be that the jury pool was so prejudiced there should have been a a change of venue or he, you know, could never have gotten mm-hmm. a fair trial. Well, Paula Canny, thanks as always for jumping in last okay. minute for this, this breaking news. We appreciate it. Okay. You're welcome. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good day. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. That was Paula Canny, civil rights and criminal defense attorney coming up statements from the LGBTQ plus community on the guilty verdict of Derek Chauvin more on what's turning this hour next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Derek Chauvin has been found guilty on all counts, second degree unintentional murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter in the killing of George Floyd. We've been bringing you coverage live right here on Channel Q. And already political leaders and lawmakers have been reacting. Here's Nancy Pelosi speaking up about the verdict. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice for being there to call out to your mom. How, how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe. But because of you and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous with justice. So she probably had good intentions with that, but a lot of people are already criticizing that statement. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the usage of the word sacrifice. He he sacrificed himself in the name of justice. He never had a choice to be murdered, uh, Nancy Pelosi. And and even the 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 slight, I don't know, type of tone in her voice when she says, well, oh, my God, how heartbreaking was that when he called for his murder? This is not this is this is an intense moment that we all need to really reckon with this country needs to reckon with just because this moment has happened where we've got some type of accountability saying that he sacrificed sacrificed his life George Floyd was just living his life on a regular day. He was not look, waking up that morning thinking he was going to be murdered. Like a martyr. Yeah. yeah. I, like mm-hmm. it's just it, that's just not 
the choice of words that I, I wish she would have never said. I, I just don't like that. It really is rubbing me and so many other people on the internet the wrong, very the wrong way. Uh, well, Keith Ellison, Minnesota's attorney general, also had this to say. That long, hard, painstaking work has culminated today. I would not call today's verdict justice, however, because justice implies true restoration. But it is accountability, which is the first step towards justice. And now the cause of justice is in your hands. And when I say your hands, I mean the hands of the people of the United States. That was um, Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison, probably something that was better than Nancy Pelosi's yeah, and uh, right now it's kind of breaking news. I know Reverend Al Sharpton, um, we're going to cut into our sister station, KNX. The Floyd family is about to speak uh, and react to the verdict. So let's play it. Sometimes we would question each other. Sometimes we say this is just going to be a waste of time. But somehow you touch us in the midnight hours and teach us to hold on. And that if we would be faithful over a few things, You'd give us the victory over many. We thank you because we know it was not any doing of ours, but your love and kindness and your tender mercy that made tonight possible. Bless those that worked, that made this prosecution something they couldn't deny. Bless those policemen that got on the stand and testified against another policeman. Bless the jury that listened to the evidence and didn't listen to those that may criticize them for doing this. Bless the prosecutor, Keith Ellison, yes, and his staff yes, that did their job, even though they didn't know what the outcome would be. Bless Ben Crump in a special way that worked tirelessly, that jumped on planes and left his family to make sure that justice would rain down. Thank you for all of the civil and human rights leaders that stood up. And we thank you for the nameless grandmas and grandpas that would get on their knees. Right, that was uh, live from our sister station, KNX News, Reverend Al Sharpton. We're going to be also cutting to George Floyd's family reacting and President Biden and VP Harris reacting very soon. So stick around for coverage of the Derek Chauvin trial right here on Channel Q. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. I love him with all my heart, and I'd do anything to have him standing next to me again today. But I know, I know he gave his life so this could happen. And I know that he gave his life so that other people's cases can get reopened. We can re-examine the cases that were closed. We can get justice for people that deserve I love him with all That was George Floyd's girlfriend, Courtney Ross, reacting to Derek Chauvin being convicted of murder in Minneapolis. I don't like that. Uh, And joining us right now is journalist Jarrett Hill. Thanks for being here on a day like today. I I know you have been, um, you know, reacting to this on social media and sharing your thoughts. Yeah, uh, full disclosure, I couldn't hear the clip. I think there was a tech issue, so I couldn't hear the clip that you just played, but... I have to say that uh, this is a moment that we've been obviously anticipating for just under a year now and and hoping that we would see this moment. But I I have to tell you that it it, it doesn't feel like great, right? It doesn't feel like exciting or, you know, celebratory. And man is still dead, right? And he was still murdered in front of all of our eyes. We can be grateful for this moment of accountability for Derek Chauvin, but like, George Floyd is still dead and his family will never have him back. So I'm, I've been having a difficult time uh, since the, the verdict. It's just, it's not, it's not as gratifying as I, as I thought it might be. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been an interesting hour. You know, I completely agree with you. And uh, the clip that we played just for your reference was uh, Courtney Ross. It was uh, George Floyd's girlfriend, where she basically, just like Nancy Pelosi said that, you know, he gave his life so that other people's cases can get reopened. Nancy Pelosi said George Floyd sacrificed his life for justice. What is your thoughts about those statements and this kind of wrapping it up in a, a sacrifice, which is completely ridiculous, in my opinion? So... 
I'm not going to speak to the Courtney Ross experience. Um, <laughs> I just witnessed her on television, and that was uh, frustrating to watch for me. Um, but she's had her own experience. I will say that the Nancy Pelosi situation, I saw Nancy Pelosi's comments on Twitter, and I just thought to myself, like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I think we really have to be careful about the way that we, we form this narrative about George Ford, George Floyd sacrificing his life and giving his life for justice and all of this. Like, George Floyd was murdered. George Floyd did not make any choices about, did not have any choices about how his life ended. George Floyd did not wake up that day saying that he had planned on, you know, starting the movement or, you know, ending racism or having a conflict with the police. Like, George Floyd is a, is a man who was attacked by a police officer and murdered. And so to hear Nancy Pelosi talk about how George gave his life for blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I, I almost think that that's like a whitewashing of what just happened. Yeah. Right? Like, this white man murdered this black man. That is the end of it, right? Um, and so that's it's really frustrating to hear that that narrative. Well, yeah, and unfortunately, I think that that's something that we have to come to terms with. You know, I do see, and this is just a bit of an umbrella statement, like a lot of the white people reacting are saying, like, thank God, you know, justice is served. And they're not seeing the nuance of this and the um, implications of a moment like this and how it, it's not over. It doesn't mean like, oh, yeah, we just switch and, and shift because of this one sentencing and verdict. Yeah, I think a lot of white people expected like black folks to be like doing cartwheels in the street. And like there, <laughs> there are plenty of black people who are, are very happy in this moment, right? But I think it's also important to acknowledge how, uh, I said this on Twitter, like how incredibly low the bar is. Yes, like, yes. If, if this is the bar, like if we can see a nine minute video of a man being murdered, and the guy who did it goes to jail and we're excited, the bar is really, really low. Like the fact that we, and again, I said this on Twitter, but like that we saw that video and heard that prosecution and saw that defense and still were waiting with bated breath to see what was going to happen. We have a bigger problem in this country, right? And so, like, it is great that George, that George Floyd's murderer is going to jail. But it is still a massive problem that nobody was really confident about how this was going to go because we've seen it happen so many times. Like, I just want to remind everyone, it is still extraordinary that Derek Chauvin was even arrested. Yep. Right? Like, if you remember back to Trayvon Martin when Trayvon Martin happened, Trayvon Martin had been dead for weeks before it became a social media movement, right? If we think about Mike Brown, if we think about Eric, Eric Garner, if we think about Tamir Rice, if we think about, uh, like, Tatiana Jefferson, like, all of these different names that we've seen, like, whether they are killings by the police or other folks or what have you, like, black people are being murdered in ways that we still cannot even really wrap our minds around as a country and figure out what to do about it. And it's just, it's incredible to me to see the way that people um, are acting as if, like, this is, this is the moment that we've all been waiting for. It's like, no, the moment that we're all been waiting for is for black folks to be treated like full human beings. And that is still a ways away. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I said, I mentioned earlier that, you know, it felt like we could take a collective deep breath mm -hmm. in some sorts, but... To be honest, until we know the sentencing of Derek Chauvin, we really don't know, you know, if justice has really been served. Yes, you have the, the guilty verdict, but what if he only gets like a few years? What if, you know, anything is possible? And I, that may not be possible in this case, but I still just am not, you know, so sold on this happy, happy moment. But Jared Hill, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As the Derek Chauvin verdict has been, and we've been bringing you coverage all day long here on Let's Go There and Channel Q. There's been a lot of reactions coming on social media. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez took to her Instagram live to give her reaction to the verdict. This verdict is not justice. Frankly, I don't even think we call it full accountability because there are multiple officers that were there 
wasn't just just Derek Chauvin. And I also don't want this moment to be framed as this system working, working, because it's not working. That's what creates a lot of complexity in this moment. I mean, she said it really, really well, in my opinion, because it, it does create this sense of um, if people are just wrapping it around like, oh, justice is served. That means we're done. We're good to go. Doing anything else. And uh, that's just false. It's not true at all. And so we have to have these realistic conversations in the midst of this celebration that we're feeling, I guess. And I do believe that's going to start happening um, now that people are calling each other out, even from the verdict. And President Biden and VP Harris actually called the Floyd family after the guilty verdict. This uh, clip was posted by attorney Crump. Okay, that was a video shared of the Floyd family getting a call from President Biden. And again, the president and VP have made statements. We bring you that on what's trending this hour and in the next hour of the show, as well as Reverend Al Sharpton, what he had to say with the family of George Floyd. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Uh, Coming up this hour, of course, we are continuing our coverage of the Derek Chauvin verdict because there are a lot of reactions still popping up on social media, videos going viral. Let's uh, continue our coverage because Reverend Al Sharpton and the family of George Floyd reacted to the guilty verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial. Here's what they had to say. We don't find pleasure in this. We don't celebrate a man going to jail. We would have rather George be alive. Amen. But we celebrate that we, because young people, white and black, some castigated, many that are here tonight, marched and kept marching and kept going. Many of them looked down on, but they kept marching and wouldn't let this die. And this is an assurance to them that if we don't give up, that was Reverend Al Sharpton. Now, Philanese Floyd, George Floyd's brother, also was on the stage there at the press conference, choking back tears as he responded to the guilty verdict, also saying his work fighting for justice had only just begun. He said, Reverend Al Sharpton always told me we got to keep fighting. I'm going to put up a fight every day because I'm not just fighting for George anymore. I'm fighting for everybody around this world. And he's obviously gotten worldwide support for the cause with a unified message that he wants to share. They're all saying the same thing. We won't be able to breathe until you're able to breathe. Today, we are able to breathe again. And they're not going anywhere. And then, of course, he thanked protesters and his attorneys. Uh, Meanwhile, former President Barack Obama also reacted to the guilty verdict in the Derek Chauvin case. By the way, I had mentioned uh, VP Harris and President Biden before the break. They called up the family, but they haven't actually made an official statement. Well, actually... Now they're making they're, it. They literally just walked to the stage, uh, not to the stage, but the podium. But I'm not, we don't have a... a well, uh, we we'll be playing that in yeah. a moment here on the show. Uh, this is President Barack Obama's statement. Today, a jury did the right thing, he said, posting this on Twitter. But true justice requires much more. True justice requires that we come to terms with the fact that black Americans are treated differently every day. It requires us to recognize that millions of our friends, family, fellow citizens live in fear as well. Uh, Are we going to break into that on KNX Yeah, we can do it right now. Okay, Justice. This verdict brings us a step closer. And the fact is, we still have work to do. We still must reform the system. Last summer, together with Senator Cory Booker and Representative Karen Bass, I introduced the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. This bill would hold law enforcement accountable and help build trust between law enforcement and our communities. This bill is part of George Floyd's legacy. The President and I will continue to urge the Senate to pass this legislation, not as a panacea for every problem, but as a start. 
This work is long overdue. America has a long history of systemic racism. Black Americans and black men in particular have been treated throughout the course of our history as less than human. Black men are fathers and brothers and sons and uncles and grandfathers and friends and neighbors. Their lives must be valued in our education system, in our healthcare system, in our housing system, in our economic system, in our criminal justice system, in our nation. Full stop. Because of smartphones, so many Americans have now seen the racial injustice that black Americans have known for generations. The racial injustice that we have fought for generations, that my parents protested in the 1960s, that millions of us, Americans of every race, protested last summer. Here's the truth about racial injustice. It is not just a black America problem or a people of color problem. It is a problem for every American. It is keeping us from fulfilling the promise of liberty and justice for all. And it is holding our nation back from realizing our full potential. We are all a part of George Floyd's legacy. And our job now is to honor it and to honor him. Thank you. And now it is my great honor to introduce the President of the United States, Joe Biden. Today, a jury in Minnesota found former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin guilty on all counts in the murder of George Floyd last May. It was a murder in the full light of day, and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism the Vice President just referred to. There was systemic racism that's a stain on our nation's soul. <clears throat> the knee on the neck of justice for black Americans, profound fear and trauma, the pain, the exhaustion that black and brown Americans experience every single day. The murder of George Floyd launched a summer of protest we hadn't seen since the civil rights era in the 60s. Protests that unified people of every race and generation in peace and with purpose to say enough, enough, enough of this senseless killings. Today, today's verdict is a step forward. That was President Joe Biden and VP Kamala Harris giving their official statement to the guilty verdict of Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd. We're going to be talking more about that later this hour with KNX News Director Ken Charles. Uh, but next, Dr. Alfie is joining us as we react to the verdict and discuss how to support our mental health during this time. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As we've covered the Derek Chauvin trial and as we continue to cover, tragically and unfortunately, all these killings and these murders of black and brown communities, I mean, just now it was breaking news that another black individual was shot, a teenager. The, the trauma is real. Uh, and there was this article that said trial by trauma. The Derek Chauvin trial is re-traumatizing black Americans. This was in Box.com. Back with us is Dr. Alfie, who's the founder of the Acoma Project and host of the Couched in Color podcast. Thanks for being here on a day like today. Um, and I've been obviously following everything that you're doing. How are you? 
Um, I'm okay. Um, thank you for asking. I'm a little bit relieved, but, you know, my heart and mind just pivoted to, okay, and now we have to deal with Dante Wright and Adam Toledo and so many others. So I appreciate you asking, but I am doing okay. And now, now that we have the verdict, it's guilty. I mean, there are people that are celebrating, but we know the work is far from over. Absolutely. And I think what I think what I don't want people to forget is that people are celebrating. But what they're, I heard someone say, one of the pundits say today, what they're celebrating is that there was accountability in this instance. That is they're not necessarily celebrating that somebody's going to prison. They're celebrating uh, someone being held accountable for something heinous that they did. So, I, you know, I don't want people to lose sight of that. People are not relieved. They're just, I think, pleased that somebody has to pay for what they've done, um, particularly when it's an African-American person who's been hurt. And so many times in the past, people have not been held accountable for killing black people. Yeah, I mean, I, I must speak for myself. I, I'm pleased that he's going to jail, to be quite honest. I think that is what needs to happen. That is when there's consequences, that is what happens, you know. Amen. And so many people, um, I know, probably so many black folks who are in jail who have done less than him. And so it kind of feels like this is just due. But I do wonder, do you think we'll ever get to a point where we'll at, we'll be calling mental health professionals before we call police to the scene? Do you think we'll ever get to that point? You know, I think it depends. I think I'm hopeful that it will happen, but I have to be honest. I think the only way it's going to happen is through the will of the people. Like, I don't think it will be people in, you know, significant uh, positions of authority or with power who will see it. Um, I think it's more going to be enough of us get out here and clamor for it and demand it. Um, that's what's going to change things. Because let's be honest, we shouldn't still be in 2020, 2021, having what happened to George Floyd still happening to people, right? And, and it's because of, I think, the will of the people with Black Lives Matter and so many people getting out there and protesting um, that we got the verdict that we got today. I don't know how anybody could have come back with a different verdict, given all the evidence, and particularly given you know, just the, 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 the clamor in the world for us to get this right. So I think that's what it's going to take. People out there fighting for it. That's what's going to create that kind of change. Yeah, I think there was a collective sigh of relief. But at the same yeah. time, a lot of people I, I saw, and we talked about this thing, like almost like feeling nothing, like that raw feeling, including um, friends that we haven't even, you know, we had Jared Hill on and he tweeted, like, I don't feel anything right now. How should we be approaching our mental health right now around this? I think everybody has to take stock of what works for them. I told people, you know, I've been tweeting a lot about you don't owe anybody any particular response. You don't owe anybody a discussion if they want to have a discussion with you, you know, and, and say whether or not they thought the verdict was right. You don't owe anybody anything. In this moment, for our individual and collective mental health, what we owe is ourselves a moment to deal with our own emotions, to deal with our own feelings and to say to our and ask ourselves, I'm sorry, what do I need? And then to go take advantage of whatever that thing is that we need. Some of us need peace. Some of us need quiet. Some of us need to be with somebody else. Some of us need to watch what's happening on television or in the media. Some of us need to pull a blanket up over our heads and be done. And I think it really is giving ourselves permission to feel what we're feeling and not you know, leaning into other people's expectations of what we should be doing. That's how we take care of our mental health. Yeah, especially when it comes to um, seeing, you know, elected officials kind of create this sacrifice narrative around this entire thing, right? I think they may have good intentions around that, but I, I, I also think that it's very harmful to feel like, you know, especially POCs and black folks in this country have to sacrifice themselves for anything to happen. And so what's the importance of narratives at a time like this? I think narratives are everything and it's who's driving the narrative, right? So I can remember as this trial was going on, it was the people, mostly people of color who were saying, this is not the George Floyd trial. He didn't do anything wrong. This is the Derrick Chauvin trial. And it really, you know, shifted, I think, a lot of people's perceptions. Some people just were never going to get it, and you don't even bother with them anyway. But I think it's enough people getting out there arguing for things like that that really helps. Also, with this idea of trauma porn, I've been, like, watching people talk about you have to watch the video, you know, in order to be woke and to be down. No, you don't. You need to be aware of the video, but you don't need to watch it. And now that we're on the other side of this particular trial, you know, the narrative cannot be one about wash your hands, we're over, let's move on to the next thing. It really needs to be, we have to hold space 
for uh, George Floyd's family, his his baby girl, you know, his other children. Um, and then we have to also hold space for ourselves to move ourselves forward in a way that feels comfortable for us and not allow other people to dictate to us how we're supposed to feel. We know how we want to feel. We know what emotions we're experiencing. And we have to own that and be okay with that and not allow other people to tell us what to do or how to feel. Yep. Well, we love having you on. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We know how busy it has been for you. We appreciate you, Dr. Alfie. No problem. My pleasure always. You know, I love you all and uh, you both take care. Oh, you too. That's Dr. Alfie, founder of the Acoma Project and host of the Couched in Color podcast. Coming up, we continue this conversation and of course, bringing you the latest around the Derek Chauvin verdict with Ken Charles, program director at KNX 1070 News Radio. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. President Biden and VP Kamala Harris have made their statements around the Derek Chauvin guilty verdict for George Floyd's murder. Here is President Biden. It was a murder in the full light of day, and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism the vice president just referred to. There was systemic racism as a on our nation's soul. And a lot of people are bringing that up, that statement. It's a stain on our nation's soul. Ken Charles is back with us, program director at KNX 1070 News Radio, who's been uh, providing live coverage all day long of this. Uh, Ken, how are you? I'm doing fine. Um, you know, it's been a long day. Um, I, I, I think we all expected it to go longer. When the jury came back after just 11 hours, um, I think a lot of people had a sense that they were going to find Chauvin guilty, um, and clearly they did. Yeah, I mean, we keep saying it. it's a theme in this show about how nervous everyone was feeling. And I think we felt that even in newsrooms like yours and, and ours here in our little studio. <laughs> how was that moment? How were y'all preparing to, to go with that verdict, depending on whatever it was going to be at the time? Well, juries are crazy, you know. I mean, you can never predict. And in this case, you know, while the case and the video seem very, very, you know, cut and dry, because there were three different charges, it was complicated. And it just takes one juror to say not guilty and everybody saying guilty for the jury to be hung. And then, you know, chaos erupts at that point. So we were certainly prepared for what could have been a just dramatic outrage across this country and across this city, um, as opposed to what I believe is a, is a you know sigh of relief that at least this time this jury did what many people feel is the right thing. Yeah, a lot of people are applauding Darnella Frazier, who's the 17-year-old who had captured the murder of George Floyd on video. Um, as someone who represents a newsroom, are we going to be leaning on the citizen journalism in a way um, to uh, basically, you know, capture this and um, hold these police officers accountable in the future. I, I mean, I don't know that as a newsroom we're going to, but look, I mean, you know, if there wasn't a Zabruder film, we wouldn't have had video of the Kennedy assassination. If there wasn't the video that was taken, we wouldn't have had the video of the, the beating of Rodney King here in Los Angeles. So people taking video of dramatic news events has been part of the American culture since 1963. And, you know, here it happened again. And, you know, look, you know, uh, the news media can't be every place. You and I can't be every place. So we've always relied on eyewitnesses, and now we're relying on eyewitnesses with a new kind of technology to hold everyone accountable for their actions in a way that while we've been able to do in the past, we've never been able to do it um, as widespread as we can today. Yeah, and I want to really know, as we pivot out of the kind of newsroom conversation, because it's really interesting, but I want to know, what do you think this is going to do about the conversation about police reform? Nothing. (laughs) I knew it. That's why I wanted to ask you, because I knew you were going to say that. No, I mean, look, I think the conversation is still there. Yeah. It's still valid. The question is, what does that mean? How do you define it? Um, 
from Joe Biden on down, many reasonable people on both sides don't believe that defund the police is reality. The question is, what does reform look like? And again, you know, it was said today by the Floyd family, this is one case in one instance where the jury, you know, according to a lot of people and a lot of people got it right. That doesn't change the years and years and years of, you know, poor tactics and abuse by law enforcement. And the conversation has to continue to move forward. Well, thank you, Ken Charles. We know how busy you are. So thanks for dropping in with us today. Listen, always happy to do it. And, you know, the next step is going to be sentencing. And that's going to be very interesting because while the maximum could be 40 years in Minnesota, the minimum for these three charges combined is 25 years. So he's going to do double digit years in prison. The question is going to be the reaction to whatever that is. So this story isn't over. And there's still more to come. Definitely. That's Ken Charles, program director at KNX 1070 News Radio. Radio. Check out uh, their coverage 24-7, knx1070.com. Thanks again. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show, we've got journalist Jared Hill joining us to break down Pelosi's um, strange reaction to the guilty verdict of Derek Chauvin. Plus, now that Chauvin has been convicted, what's next? We've got those answers coming up in 30 minutes. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. As the uh, Chauvin verdict was announced, this unfortunately was reported. According to the Daily Beast, a Columbus police officer shot and killed a person this afternoon. According to local station NBC4, the victim has not yet been identified and was transported to nearby hospital uh, where they... They died from injuries sustained in the shooting. The department has reportedly contacted the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation to review the use of deadly force. And the police department's public information office did not respond to requests from comments from the Daily Beast. Uh, but the 911 call that brought police to the scene had reported a stabbing. And a video has already been shared on social media. A group of about 20 residents has gathered in the neighborhood at the intersection where it happened. And they're chanting, uh, you know, and protesting right now. Yeah, because you mentioned it was a person, but it was actually a 15-year-old black girl. Yeah. She's not a, I mean, she's a person. Black, I said at the but time. But she's a child. When I mentioned, yeah. She's um, like a ba- Like she's a baby. Let's be honest. 15-year-old mm-hmm. is nothing. And so, um, I, I even hate that some of the media that's reporting on this now breaking news are just kind of just saying a person or, uh, you know, people and you automatically think I'm an adult. But I think we need to start being very clear about the reporting on these things. And it is a 15 year old black girl uh, at, the, at the time. That's the significance of like the George Floyd situation and this. Yeah. So I'm sure this will not be the last time we hear of this, of course. Uh, I, I, I'm sure the news is going to be covering this. This entire week, definitely, as we're talking about the Derek Chauvin, George Floyd verdict, because just this shows how much more work needs to be done and how the system is very far from fixed. Yeah, and real quick, I normally would do a T-report. I haven't done one all, uh, all show, if you haven't noticed. I know you've missed it. Um, But I do want to do a shout, uh, not a shout out, but I do want to do something where brands, the Los Angeles or the Las Vegas Raiders, I I think they were Los Angeles at one point, but the Raiders, they have been tweeting out, they tweeted out some something that was supposed to be in support, but it's like, I can breathe and it has today's date on it and it's just like in bad taste. Um, another company, a Warner Media, who's actually going through a, t- a whole entire situation about racism and discrimination in their company. And Ray Fisher, who was an actor that was in Justice League, uh, they tweeted out a statement. And so I just want these companies, especially um, all over Hollywood or anyone who's going to be taking a statement, to not be performative. Let's be real about the situation. If you haven't, you know, if you've been in mess leading up to this moment, why waste your time in post? And also it shows the lack of diversity that's sitting in your newsroom right now. Because the Las Vegas Raiders posting something that says, I can breathe, is just not okay. It's tone deaf, especially a part of the NFL. Let's be clear. That's that. 
<sighs> I feel like I just wanted to take a bit of like, we've been nonstop. I mean, all day. I just, you know, I, I think it's important to say. Yep. We're wrapping up the show with some positivity, inspiration, our Yaz Queen of the day. Yes, Queen. Shout out to the Human Rights Campaign, who's going to honor the groundbreaking FX series Pose with its National Visibility and Impact Award at a virtual event, Time for Equality. It's going to be live streamed this Thursday evening. And uh, Pose, as we know, begins its third and final season May 2nd. It has the largest cast of out LGBTQ plus and transgender regulars ever on a TV series. So congrats to Pose for that. Yes, and also a special yes, Queen, to any reporter, especially black reporter, who is constantly putting themselves in in this space to report on the the tragic lives that are always unfortunately being taken by police and just the hard news, right? I think there's uh this job could be tirelessly like it could just be like so tiring mm-hmm. and um you're not always getting the recognition you deserve but i think it's important for us to highlight that so yes queen well, to I, I all the reporters out there recognize you and yes queen you yeah Ryan, that was me kind of recognizing I, myself like patting myself well, on the back i want to pat you on the back there is plexiglass um in between <laughs> don't us. touch me uh, but <laughs> i want to honor and acknowledge you for all your hard work that you continue to do here oh, on you. let's go there and channel q during these tough moments too for and you're always showing up and doing your best so thank you oh i appreciate that that means a lot I finally got a Yes Queen Award, There y'all. you go. You finally. Got <laughs> About damn time. Add it to your resume. Just say. The Oscar of charity events. Yes Queen. <laughs> okay, that does it for our show today. We appreciate you for hanging out with us and tuning in. We are back tomorrow weekdays here live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be... Uh, changing things up and we're kind of back to our regular show we've got frankie grande joining us who is going to be talking about his new um uh, two one night only live streaming concerts the rock of ages live so that's gonna be really cool and we're gonna be also bringing back our 420 segments that we missed today because we had some good ones just saying um and how to use leftover food to fight food insecurity lots coming up on the show if you miss any of our past shows and want to catch up on our archive or interviews we post everything as a podcast so join our podcast family just go to the odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search let's go there we are sending you love and light and honey remember to slay see you tomorrow have a great night get some rest Bye, y'all.